Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Amen. Won't you stand this morning? Matthew chapter 6. You got your Bible. I also want to say I know holidays are sometimes anxiety-filled. Um, tomorrow I will drive 10 hours with a 3-year-old and a 1-year-old. Anxiety field. There's a lot of, no, but I know around the holidays, there's a lot of pressure sometimes. And I just want to tell you this morning, this is not going to do my sermon, but I just want to tell you this morning that um, my prayer for you this week is that you just feel the peace of God, that we can live from a place of thanksgiving and enjoy uh, whatever your, your plans are going to be. Just enjoy those and enjoy God's presence this week. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Have you already felt the presence of the Lord here this morning? Amen. Thank you for our worship team leading us today. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Father, we just thank you for your word today, that your word is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, your word is here to challenge us and change us. And Father, today, I just pray through these moments together, as we gather as a community of believers around the table of the Lord, Father, just help us to begin to understand what you have in store for us. Thank you. You're so much better to us than we could ever imagine. So, Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask all these things, and all God's people together said, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and high-five him and say, you're not nearly as bad as your in-laws think, and you may be seated. Some of y'all needed that prophetic word this week. How many of you would agree that God wants every part of our life? Amen? God wants us fully surrendered. Everything. I can, I can preach that and you'll amen me. We can all agree on that. That God wants our mind. He wants us to have the mind of Christ. Paul says, for we have the mind of Christ. He wants us to have his mind over every area of our life, over our thinking, the way we think thoughts about others, the way we think about life, that we're called to have the mind of Christ and our mind surrendered. That God wants our will. Jesus taught us this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass for me, but nevertheless, not my will but thy will be done. That God wants our will surrendered to him so that we are fully his in our will. Amen? And God wants our emotions. God wants, listen, we're emotional people. Yesterday, maybe your team won and you got emotional. Maybe your team lost and you got emotional. We're emotional creatures. But you know what? The truth is God wants our emotions not led by our flesh. How many know that you can, your emotions can lead your flesh? You can drive down the interstate and you can get cut off in traffic and you can wave at people and not use all your fingers. You know what I'm talking about this morning. Because you, your, your emotions can be led by your flesh, but God wants our emotions led by the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Love, joy, peace, goodness, long-suffering, all those things. 
So God wants us fully his. Everything about us, our mind, our will, our emotions, everything about us, God wants us fully his. And we can agree on that this morning, and we can say amen, and then the preacher says, and God wants your giving and your money, and all of a sudden it's quiet, and Mike doesn't need to play the rest of the service, because it's just nobody's going to say another word the rest of the time. Because I know what people are going to say. Before I ever talk about money in church, I already know. People are going to say things like, well, you preachers, you just want my money. You're just trying to buy you an airplane or something like that. I drive a 2010 Honda Accord that is uh, 13 years old. It's got part of the side rearview mirror, side mirror missing on it, but it's only got 132,000 miles and it's paid for. So, honey, I ain't trying to buy me an airplane. I can promise you that, okay? But here's the thing, the moment we talk about money, people start fidgeting, they get anxious, they quit, they, they check out, they don't listen, they start checking their phone and looking at other things because we don't want to talk about this. But the truth is, God wants every area of our life fully submitted to Him, every area of our life. And why does this matter? Because I believe this, I believe your, 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 your mind, your will and emotions and all those things are really about one thing, it is about your heart. God doesn't want your money, he wants your heart. God doesn't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the potatoes underneath. You understand that? I didn't say the church, I said God. You can still give to that. That was a joke. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that was a bad joke. But anyway. But the truth is, God doesn't need your money to operate. He's not after your money, he's after your heart. And what did Jesus just teach us? Jesus just told us in Matthew here that we can lay up for ourselves treasures. We can put treasures here on earth. We got all the stuff and everything looks good. And we got all these things. But rust and moth are going to corrupt those things. In other words, you won't take it with you. One of these days, all this stuff will go away. All of these things will fade away. Or you can store up treasures for yourself in heaven where things can't rust and things can't be corrupted because he connects it for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If God wants your heart, he's got to have your treasure. Because those two things are directly connected together. That God says, I want your heart. I want everything about you. But you know what? Here's the truth. It's connected to our treasure. I can show you this because when I, by treasure, I don't just mean money. When I say this, people automatically think dimes and nickels. And I'm not talking about that. I mean your resources, your time, your talents, where you spend your time. The older I get and the more I'm involved in things, time becomes even more valuable to me. Time is a commodity. We've only got so much time in a day. Day, so much time that there, I realize I only have so many Thanksgivings or at least I will say this hopefully I have a lot more Thanksgivings but Christmas I have so many Christmases at, with my kids in my house that they're going to be there waking up in the morning and enjoying this I have so many times to celebrate certain things with them because time is a commodity time is one of those things time but guess what where you spend your time shows where your what you treasure where you spend your money shows what you treasure if you want go look today go look at your checkbook go look online at your giving and look at these things and where you spend your treasure shows where your heart is at and God wants your heart he wants every single part of you he wants you to realize today he loves you so much that he wants you fully surrendered because when you are fully surrendered and everything is his then he can help us to understand what it means to live this out every day where we are fully surrendered people and then we can operate in the will of God for our life and that's what we want amen
So several things this morning. How do we begin to give God our hearts? And three things. Number one, I believe is through giving. But I believe, number one, giving is an act of obedience. Giving is an act of obedience. That as I give and obey, I, I've learned this having kids. There are some things, I don't want to be a dictator. I want to I shape their mind to be able to make good choices. And not, but at the same time, there's some things... If, if they're about to put their hand on the grill and I'm outside grilling and burn their hand, I don't want them to question and try to figure out why I'm asking them to do this. I want them to listen and obey and get back, right? Because I know if they, if they move forward and they put their little hand up there, they're going to burn it. So in the moment, I'm saying, move back, get back, get back. I'm not saying it because I'm trying to be mean. I'm saying it because I need obedience in the moment. Because if they don't obey, there's dangers. I believe this. I believe that God wants to get us to a place where we can hear his voice and we can obey because he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. And I believe this. As we learn to obey him, I believe there are blessings in our life that are tied to obedience. Deuteronomy chapter 28, here's what God says. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey. I love that. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. To observe carefully all his commandments which I commanded you today. And the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be the fruit of your body, the produce of the ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. I didn't know I need a kneading bowl, but there's sometimes I do need a bowl, so let me stop. Sorry. <laughs> blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. There is something about understanding obedience that ties blessings to this. And once again, I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. I'm not trying to tell you if you give us a million dollars, God's going to give you so much money back. But I'm also not an anti-prosperity gospel. I don't believe that God says there's no blessings involved at all. I do believe that as we're faithful over what God has given us, I believe he provides. The Bible, Paul says this in Philippians, that my God shall provide all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I believe my needs are taken care of. I believe God can provide. I'll say more about this next Sunday, but listen to me. I believe God wants to bless us. And what, what God says here is this. When you're obedient and you listen and you do what I've commanded you to do, I will bless you indeed. And then he says this, and the blessings will overtake you. I know people are trying to chase down a blessing, but when you're doing what God has called you to do, I don't have to chase after a blessing. I'm just being obedient and the blessings of God will overtake my life simply because I'm acting out of obedience. Amen? Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham is there, and, and, and this story is, is kind of confusing, especially if you're new to the faith. I think about that sometimes when I'm preaching. People that, you know, you, you come in, you're reading this, and you're saying, okay, so let me get the story right. God tells him, have this son named Isaac. He messes, messes up, has Ishmael. Now he has Isaac. And God said, here's the son you've been waiting on for years. You love him. Go kill him. Okay? That's what happened. It doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. And here's, here's Abraham and Isaac, and they're walking together, and they're carrying wood, and Isaac's looking around, and he's like, Dad, you know, um, I, I'm not the, 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 the brightest, but I got this figured out. Like, we're missing something here. There's fire, and there's wood, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, Isaac, God himself will provide a lamb. And they, they go to worship. And they go up the mountain. And, and, and just to tell you quickly that this is a type and shadow of Christ. Um, because Abra Isaac 
more than likely is possibly in his 20s or 30s at this time. Abraham's in his hundreds. And Isaac willingly goes up the hill. Jesus willingly goes up Golgotha, goes up the hill called Calvary. And then on the top of this thing, here is Isaac on Mount Moriah, Isaac and Abraham. And, 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 and Isaac lays down. He could have very easily overpowered his dad, who was much older than him. But he laid down his life, willing to sacrifice. Christ goes as a lamb led to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth, but Christ lays down his life. And Isaac lays down on the altar, and Abraham is about to plunge a knife in him when the angel says, stay your hand, and he stops. And then this is what God says, Abraham, because you obeyed my voice, I'm going to bless you. Abraham, because you obeyed me, because you listened. Abraham, I knew what I had planned all along. I knew what was going to happen all along, but I just wanted to see. I needed to make sure we're on the same page here. And Abraham, because you listened and you obeyed. That's why the Abrahamic blessing is so important. Even what is happening overseas right now, I keep talking about, is so important. It's tied together because God tells Abraham, I will make you a great nation, and from you every other nation will be blessed. And here's the truth right now. The truth is this. What God tells tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Not so, Abraham, you can have the biggest house in town, you can have the biggest car and all the stuff, but so that you can be a blessing. And as I'm obedient, God blesses me so I can be a blessing. As I'm obedient, God begins to allow his blessings to overtake me so that now I can be a blessing to other people. And when I understand this, I begin to listen to the voice of God. I give in obedience. I give because God says to give. And as I do, he takes care care of me. He blesses me. He makes sure I have what I need and I'm blessed because I'm obedient. Amen. Amen. Number two, giving is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. This is something that I literally had to kind of come to a revelation. I love worship. Okay. We had a worship service Sunday night growing up. We call those barn burners. Um, we just had a powerful service. Um, I haven't seen things happen like that in years, and it was powerful, and I love worship, and I love to lift my hands, you don't have to worship like me, that's fine, but um, I like to lift my hands, I like to get excited, I love all that, and that's worship, singing, but you know, the truth is this, whenever, whether you write a check today and put it in an offering basket on the way out, whether you give online today, whenever you give and however you do, the truth is this, here's the revelation, when I give, it's as much worship as lifting my hands and singing to God. Giving is as much worship as whenever I'm singing to the Lord. Because giving is worship. Here's the thing about worship. Let me just teach you about worship real quick. Worship, I believe, should always cost me something. Worship is the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips, the Bible says. There's a story in, in, in the Old Testament with David, King David. and he, he, God tells him, I want you to go and I want you to offer a sacrifice on a threshing floor that this man owns. So he goes to the man and he tells him, I, I want this place right here. And I'm going to buy it and I'm going to put an off altar there and we're going to sacrifice to the Lord. And the Bible says that the man looks at David and he says, uh, here's, and this is Justin Blankenship, uh, Mississippi translation, okay? God's been so good to me, I'm, I'm going to give it to you, okay? I'm not, I'm, you don't have to pay for it. God's been good to me. I got this stuff. David, you just go take it. You go bless God. And the Bible says, David says no. David said, unless you let me buy it, I will not do it. And he says this, because I will offer nothing to God that doesn't cost me something. 
I will not give a blessing to God that doesn't cost me something. And here's the truth. When it comes to things like giving of our time and giving of our treasures and giving even of our talents, it's easy for us to bless God with things that make sense. Hey, it fits into my time schedule. God, I'll bless you. I'll go help somebody because I'm passing by that way anyway and i got plenty of time. You know what? I'll give to this person because you know what? I, just, I, I reached in my pocket and I found an extra 20 sitting there. And you know what? So right now in the moment, I'm good. I'll, I'll give this away. It's easy when we fit it in. But I believe that giving of our resources, when it, what shows our heart is we're willing to give even when it hurts. We're willing to give even when it's a sacrifice. We're willing to say, God, I'm going to worship you and as I worship you, I am giving a sacrifice of praise. I know this is difficult. I know i got a lot of things going on, but I'm going to give my time. I know, Father, right now the budget's tight, but God, you're calling me to give. I'm going to do it because I believe it is a sacrifice of praise and I believe that as we sacrifice in praise, we are giving worship to God and that Giving is an act of worship. Amen? Amen. So giving is this understanding that we are, it is an act of obedience. It is an act of worship. And then number three, giving is an act of thanksgiving. Giving is an act of thanksgiving. There's a story my dad told years ago in a sermon that I've heard. I've used it before, but I heard this years ago in a sermon, and it always reminds me of this time of year. There was a man by the name of Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, if I'm saying his name correct. If I don't, he died in 1974, so some of you don't know him, so if I'm saying his name wrong, it's okay. But Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission to go meet General Douglas MacArthur with information during the war. Him and a group were going, and the plane they're on uh, crashes, and they find themselves, they survive, on a raft in the middle of the ocean. They find themselves in the middle of the ocean with nothing, trying to survive. Here they are, I mean, they're, they're, they don't have food, they don't have rations, and I believe they're out there for like a month. I mean, it was a crazy amount of time they're out there. They're dehydrated, they're starving, and one day he has a cap on, and he's laying back just trying to kill the time, and he feels something land on his cap. Now, he is in the middle of the ocean. Nowhere where anything is supposed to be close by. But all of a sudden, he realizes when something lands on his cap, he realizes he can tell the way it lands, it is a seagull. And he literally looks out from under his cap, doesn't move, and the other guys are not saying a word. They're looking because they recognize something. This one thing that's landed on his head is the difference between life and death if he can catch it. So quietly and stilly he moves and he grabs this seagull and not to be too gross but the only way they're going to survive they literally eat the flesh of this bird and they use the intestines to catch fish. They've been out there this long. Sharks have been going around them but now they begin to catch these fish and they have to eat them and they survive. They are rescued. And every Friday from the day he is rescued until 1974 when he dies. He lives by the ocean. Every Friday night, you can find, you can find Captain Eddie Rickenbacker with a pail, a bucket full of shrimp, walking on the ocean and feeding seagulls. Just to say, thank you. Thank you. This gift 
of life that God gave me, but he used a seagull. So he was saying, thank you. And when I learn to give, here's what I'm doing. I am giving back to say thanks to God for what he's given me. That I recognize that my giving is an act of thanksgiving. It's saying, God, and I'll talk more about this next week, but it's saying, God, I recognize this is yours, and so I'm giving it back. This morning, I woke up, and I was praying, and I'll be honest, I had a whole third different point, and I thought the Holy Spirit shared this point with me, and I'm, I'm th- thankful for a media team that goes with me very quickly, and uh, had to send them a different point, but here's the reason. This morning, when I woke up and thought about Thanksgiving, this scripture came to my mind, Psalm chapter 126. In verse 5 and 6 says this, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I need you to get this mental picture this morning. I need you to see what's going on. Here is a farmer. I mean a rough, rugged farmer. But you know what? He's privately been out weeping because you know what he spent all his money and he's been sowing seeds and nothing's coming up he doesn't know how he's going to pay the money back what am I going to do I I, I put a lien on my house I put put a lien on on everything and I don't know if it's going to come through and he sows in tears he's sitting there weeping and he's saying God I don't know what's going to happen but one of these days he goes out there and he's working and all of a sudden up from the ground comes produce up from the ground comes grain and that farmer begins to realize you know what God you came through again God, you did it again. Here it is. Here's the grain. And then in this image, this agriculture image, here's what would happen. The farmer would come to church with the first fruits. And the farmer would bring in the sheaves. He would bring in the grain. And he would come waving the first fruits. And what he's saying is this, guys, God's been, he's done it again. God's been good. He came through. Here's the first fruits. He comes in rejoicing. He's been weeping. He's been worried. He's been full of anxiety and fear and he's been sowing tears but all of a sudden he is now coming in rejoicing bringing in the sheaves we call that a wave offering growing up he's waving that before the Lord and saying God you did it God you came through God you did it again and listen to me I just believe this I had a short message this morning but I believe that the Lord just told me to come by and tell you this this morning some of you have been sowing in tears Some of you have been sowing in tears and worry. You've been thinking about your family and your life and your job situation. You've been thinking about that prodigal child. You've been thinking about all the things going on around you and what's happening to you. And you've been sowing some tears. But I got some good news for you this morning. God says you're going to come back rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves with you. You're going to come back rejoicing. You've been sowing some tears. But now you're fixing to come in rejoicing you're going to come back saying God you did it again God you came through again God you never failed me once God you came through I've been sowing in tears but I'm about to reap some joy I'm about to reap some good things and this morning as you give what are you saying you're saying God I give out of thanksgiving I give recognizing that you are the God who made a way where there seems to be no way. You're the God who came through time and time again. You never failed me and you never let me down.
Hey everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.